Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Welcome to episode 360 of Geek Town Radio. I am back this week with... I'm on the radio too now. This is fine. What do you want to talk about? Robert, how are you doing? I'm doing good. If I'm here, that you makes you know that it is a bank holiday today. So enjoying my day not working. Yes. Good you've got some time off. You're heading in towards Thanksgiving next month and all that sort oh, of stuff. Oh, it, it is that. holiday central for the last three months of the year over here in the States. There's 14 calendar days off per year and eight of them are in the last three months so <laughs> yeah well like veterans day and thanksgiving and christmas and yeah loads of stuff so that's cool what have you been doing over the last few weeks and with your time off uh well I, a lot of movie watching i saw lost city on amazon prime which is sandra bullock knockoff of romancing the stone right i saw samaritan which is sylvester Stallone's superhero movie not bad not you know mind-blowing very paint by numbers okay film but the second to third scene air quote twist is predictable way too early right thankfully we only have one more flaming dumpster fire episode of she-hulk left before we can just memory hold that whole show and forget it ever existed (laughs) um i did see werewolf by night and i highly highly recommend watching that have you seen that yet i haven't watched it yet no it is a big sloppy wet love kiss from all the 20s and 30s monster horror movies very heavily inspired by Bella Lugosi and films like that yeah and the main director is more known for music so of course the musical score is a 12 out of 10 in fact there's more than a few scenes where the music and not the dialogue actually drives the scene. I don't know if it's officially in the 616 universe outside of like a black and white comic strip panel of the original six Avengers. There's basically no reference to anything in the main MCU, but we do get introduced to man thing and a couple other characters from that run of comics. So again, very beautiful all black and white very noir 100% you have to watch it yeah it's on my list of things to get to I just haven't gotten to it yet but it's not clear where that fits into anything else I mean it's it was put on as a special presentation a sort of one-off thing Mm -hmm. how long is it is it it's about an hour so yeah so it's they didn't sort of bill it as a movie they sort of build it as a special presentation so that's cool i i will have to go and check that one out because that that looks like it's gonna be really good yeah like if you at all lo- even remotely love like the werewolf or 
Dracula or anything like that from those Bella Lugosi, Vincent Price kind of era movies. Yeah. It is an absolute must watch. That's good. I need to go and pick that one up, definitely. Yeah, video game wise, uh, mostly grounded. I know that's on your list of games. You know, the, the troll in me kind of wants Bex to play that because she hates spiders so much, but that's <laughs> That's just the evil in me. They actually do have an arachnophobia slider for that game, so you can turn it all the way up, and the giant wolf spiders that are the size of a bendy bus kind of look like a dust mite. Right. I wondered how they did that, because they do that in Satisfactory. There is an arachnophobia mode in Satisfactory because that has spiders in it, and mm -hmm. uh, the spiders, they, they're replaced by sort of cutouts of kittens in that. <laughs> That's how they've done it there. So I picked up Grounded because I was playing Disney Dreamlight Valley because Matt mentioned it last week and got me kind of mm -hmm. into it. So I've been playing through that. And then I noticed Grounded was also on the Xbox Game Pass, and that's now got its full release. So I thought I'd pick that one up. And uh, Grounded, for the people that haven't played it, it's basically it's just a survival game, but set in a world like in somebody's back garden where you've been shrunk down really, really tiny. And you're sort of trying to figure out why you've been shrunk down and you play a bunch of kids. There's sort of opens with them things saying you know children have continued to go missing and uh, it turns out that they're not missing they're just very very small and you're in the back garden of the guy that invented this shrinking technology so it's sort yeah. of a honey i shrunk the kids kind of idea the video game yeah yeah that was a series of movies in the 90s so let's be honest half the audience isn't ever gonna <laughs> heard of that yeah very much so yeah i just finished the uh, pond lab so now it's on to the uh, haze lab Right, yeah, because part of the thing, I mean, there is base building and that sort of stuff in it. I, I've only played a few hours of it because then another game came up, which I needed to play test. So yeah. um, I, I've only actually played a few hours of it. But yes, there is the base building in there. There are these labs which are scattered around the garden, which are sort of embedded in trees and hedges. And uh, yeah, like you said, one's under the pond. And there are these labs around where you can go in and pick up different technologies and all that sort of stuff. And the base building's there, but it's not required per se yeah i mean i i built kind of a half base but that's only because and here's an early game tip when you make the fire stand to cook the meat the random ants that walk around will come up and eat it yes um, so you have to elevate that and that's basically any woodland survival thing is you'd string your food up on trees so that the animals don't go for it. Yeah. And there are a lot of, I mean, the spiders are pretty nasty. There's ants wandering around. Some are sort of more passive than others. Some of the insects are more passive than others, but there's various sort of insects around and there's birds and there's, you've got to, if you're in the pond, you need to avoid the koi carp apparently that's kind of floating around in there. There's an interesting set of dangers. It's made by Obsidian who mm -hmm. did some of the fallout games and various other things and they did one of the star wars things as well i think but yeah um, um, i had actually purchased that game when it first first came out which is actually before microsoft wound up buying bethesda and all the other adjacent properties yes because it, it been in early development for quite a while and it's one i'd had my eye on and then i noticed uh, was it last month it went gold mm -hmm. for its uh, it went 1.0 but i know matt wants to play it but he says he's going to wait for a physical release i don't know that it's getting a physical release no because he has that boomerang service that you guys have over there in the uk yes he orders discs and stuff yeah i don't know whether it'll get a physical release either i really enjoyed it i mean it's very much my kind of jam i mean it's a survival game there's base building in it i i really really like that game and when i've finished with the new one i picked up i'm going to go back and play that a bit more i think so anything else any other stuff nothing really popping off that i can think of i mean there's that we're starting the run of reality shows so uh gold rush which is a 
about gold mining in the Yukon and Alaska area that's just started up. I found a random show on Hulu called Found. And it's basically people, you know how everybody has like that one object that they just randomly found in like the woods or next to a river or something. They have absolutely no idea <laughs> what it is. Yeah. So this show is based around people send in pictures of I found this in this place and this whatever. And they basically just figure out what it actually is. Um, oh. And some of them are fairly mundane. It's like this one guy found a plate with all these really weird symbols on it. And it turns out it was a horseshoe tossing plate from a game from the 50s. Um, <laughs> And then you get the more disturbing ones like this lady and was buying a storage locker in Vegas and she found this weird symbol with Chinese writing on it and they found out it was a brand for human slaves. So, you know, kind wow. of dark, yeah, yeah kind of dark. Um, and then, of course, there's a the question, how did it wind up in a storage locker in Vegas? Nobody's ever going to know, <laughs> but at least she knows what it is now. And I think she wound up like giving it to a museum or something because that's not really kind of the kind of karma you want in your place. No, I can entirely understand sort of maybe not holding on to that and <laughs> giving it to, to a museum. Yeah, totally. For me, I mean, TV wise, again, there's not really that much new that I've been watching. Walking Dead came back, of course. So me and Matt are obviously covering that on a weekly thing. It was a solid opening episode for season 11C. Very much enjoyed going back to that. They're definitely ramping things up for the um, final few episodes. We are kind of getting into that, which is great. And I know it went through a lull and I know it lost a lot of its audience, that main show. But since Angela Kang took over, it's really turned a corner. And the last couple of seasons have been really good. And I think it's going to end on a high note, which is is nice. Yeah, I kind of said out of that show when Andrew uh, Lincoln left it. It kind of been getting a little long in the tooth so I just was like, ah, this is a good time to leave and I haven't really followed it since. Yeah, the Andrew Lincoln point, I mean, the, the points before Andrew Lincoln left, those couple of seasons were hard work but since Andrew left and once they'd sort of dealt with that it really turned around again. That was when the showrunner changed from Scott Gimble to Angela Kang and it really started to pick up. They found sort of new storylines and there was a sort of new energy to it. I, it they did a really good job in turning that around so the last couple of seasons have been really solid so um if you want to know more about the walking dead of course to say me and matt cover that episodes go out on wednesdays over on entertainment talk so you can follow that there there was one stand-up special which I watched this week, which was a Sam Minaj who has a new stand-up on Netflix called The King's Jester. That is just brilliant. And Hassan had the TV show The Patriot Act, and he kind of upset quite a lot of people, including the sort of Saudis with episodes in that. And he talks quite a bit about what happened afterwards because Netflix pulled that Saudi episode and the sort of reaction that he was getting online and death threats and things. So he, although it is a comedy show, it's really quite interesting him talking about the fallout of all that sort of stuff. It's very textured. It goes from being extremely funny to being sort of quite dark and then comes back with jokes. And it's, it's just really, really well structured and really well put together. It's about an hour long, slightly over an hour, I think that. But uh, that's, that's a really really good comedy special to go and pick up and that's on Netflix it's a Sam Minaj the King's Jester Grounded we already mentioned is one of the video games played the other one that I actually got a preview for is called Stranded Alien Dawn this is published by Frontier the people that do Planet Zoo and Planet Coaster games 
and it's from the people that make things like Surviving Mars and the Tropico series. Stranded Alien Dawn, it's a survival space sim again. It's base building stuff. It's very much your sort of isometric, top-down sort of looking thing. I remember seeing this on some game convention special, whatever. I don't know if it was like a state of play or something like that. But I remember seeing this, and this is a game that has kind of been on my radar, so a little jealous. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it will be out on the 12th, so uh, I'll be out on the Wednesday this week. So you'll be able to actually go and get it on Steam. I don't know where else it's been released, but it's been released on Steam into early access. It is very much an early access game. I mean, there's quite a lot to play with, but... It is an early access game. I should make that clear. I've played about 20 hours of it so far. Essentially, what you do is it's it's got elements of something like Oxygen Not Included in it, not as detailed, because, I mean, Oxygen Not Included has ridiculous levels of sort of detail in terms of the crafting stuff. But in terms of the basic sort of you are presented with a bunch of different survivors which have different traits. You can pick which four survivors you start with. As you go through the game, you get an extra one that comes and joins the colony. I've only actually had one extra survivor turn up. I don't know whether there's supposed to be more and I'm missing something, but there was only one extra that actually turned up in the 20 hours I played. But your survivors crash land on a planet. The planet is filled with resources. You have to build a base to keep them alive. There are a lot of similarities with something like Oxygen Not Included. Graphically, it's very different. Um, It's much more 3D, isometric, top-down kind of look to it. At the moment, in the early access version, I think there is only one biome they've got, which is a temperate biome. So whilst there are sort of different clothes that you can wear and as you upgrade you can build better armors and that sort of stuff whether you're wearing sort of you know normal clothes winter clothes or summer clothes doesn't seem to matter a huge amount at this point in the temperate zone but i imagine if you're in a colder area or if you're in a colder biome i imagine that's going to be much harder you have a standard tech tree where you can set up research you build a research desk and you can go through and research all the different things so that's sort of advancing weapons so you start off with sort of crossbows bows and spears and then you get kind of laser spears and guns and that sort of thing as you advance through you can set up an electricity grid so that's sort of setting up that with batteries and wind farms and that sort of stuff and solar panels every time somebody says something like laser spears it just reminds me of that old campy movie kung fury have you ever seen that no i don't think i know that it's it's this weird time travel movie And the reason why it makes me think of that is there's this guy that time travels and he's standing in front of a woman in Viking armor with a Gatling gun. (laughs) And he says, what time period is this? And she says the Viking area. And he says, oh, that explains the dinosaurs. It's one of those movies that is absolutely (laughs) off the wall bonkers, very campy, very cult following. I highly recommend watching it just because it's so absurd. You're not going to get that very often. Yeah. That sounds fun, definitely. In terms of the sort of flora and fauna, there are trees and bushes around, which obviously you can cut down for wood. They also have this interesting little mechanic where you can go and observe the plants. So you can just go and sort of cut them down. But if you go and actually spend some time studying them and send one of your sort of people with a high intelligence out to research those, as well as the animals as well, you can go and study some of the animals, that will lead to other possible discoveries for user research as well which I thought was quite a nice mechanic it's not just oh well it looks like a bug I know exactly whether this is going to poison me or not
not. You know, you actually do a little bit of studying to actually check whether this animal is okay to eat, that sort of thing. There are a mixture of passive and aggressive creatures. Sometimes they attack and you can set up uh, cannons and stuff to protect the base. You can build walls, obviously, around the base. You start off with sort of a little shanty kind of thing and then you can build bigger bases and you find more technologies. You could start off in wood and then kind of move on to building things in brick and stone and nano material and that sort of stuff. So it is in early access, but as a base starting point i think it's very solid i think they've done a really nice job with setting up a starting point for it i've played about 20 hours and i've I've got through the whole of the tech tree that's already in there i'm kind of at a point where i'm like i don't know how much more i can do with the game in the state that it actually is but it being early access i'm quite excited to see what they release you know what more stuff they add into it because i think there is a lot further you can go i would like to see more people being added to the base i would like to see more automation because there's very little automation at the moment which means that you've basically got four or five guys hunting and then crafting things and then there's a lot of just them wandering backwards and forwards crafting and fetching and carrying and that sort of stuff and i would like to either see more people in there so i can explore a bit more or I would like to see some sort of automation system put in so you can build like maybe factory things in there and be able to sort of not have to have them manually produce everything. There is other places they could go with it, but I think as a starting point, it's worth picking up. I'm not sure how much they're releasing it for, but it's on Steam. It's called Stranded Alien Dawn. I looked it up on Steam. It doesn't have a price listed yet. No, I suspect it's probably going to be a sort of £20 kind of thing, £20, £25 maybe the sort of standard early access kind of price i would think it's going to be around that sort of thing gets released on wednesday called stranded alien dawn if you're into base building games if you're into survival games i would say it is one that's worth picking up and looking at i really really enjoyed it and just looking forward to seeing what more they uh release for it or where they go with it that's all the stuff we've been doing this week let's move on to some tv and film news Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. So we kick off the TV and film news with Renault's cancellations and pickups. And uh, no cancellations, I don't think, this week that I've uh, spotted, which is quite nice. It does happen occasionally, but no cancellations. We have got some renewals, though. Solar Opposites has been renewed for a fifth season by Hulu, which is great. I don't think the fourth season's gone out yet. They've just had the third season. That's just finished. And then the fourth season's due out, and then uh, they're coming back for a fifth. So that's good. Crapopolis, which is the Dan Harmon series which airs on Fox in the US. That's been renewed for a second season, so that's coming back. Marvel's Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur has been renewed for a second season as well. I think that's going out on Disney Plus here. And Outer Range, which was a sort of cowboy series that's 
by Amazon Prime. That's been renewed for a second season as well. I don't know whether you've seen any of those. Never even heard of Devil Dinosaur or Moon Girl. It's a uh, solar opposites I've heard of, but just not watched. Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur is a kids cartoon series. So that's understandable you've not seen that. Solar Opposites is very much a similar kind of humor to Rick and Morty. I really like that series. It's well worth watching if you've got access to Hulu in the US or um, Disney Plus in the UK. It's very, very funny, that show. We've talked about that a lot. There's a sort of show within a show based around the wall. The main premise of it is it's four aliens that have crashed on Earth and are sort of living a suburban life. But one of the things that the alien children do is when people annoy them, they shrink them down and put them in this terrarium thing that they have. And they do whole episodes which are just set in the terrarium in the wall. They're just brilliant, those episodes. It could be a show just in itself, that. It is well worth watching that. And I really, really like that series. I would highly recommend it. In terms of pickups and other news, they have announced today that Amazon Prime Video and Channel 4 are going to be co-premiering the new season of The Handmaid's Tale, which some places are reporting it is possibly going to drop later this month, although we haven't actually got a date for it yet over here. I know it's running in the US. Mm. Um, the reason for that is that Amazon, now owns MGM and MGM make Handmaid's Tale. So got to give some credit to Amazon for this because we've had quite a lot of Disney shows where Disney have taken them from Sky and are only running them on Disney Plus now. Amazon have actually done a deal with Channel 4 to share the premiere of it. So they're going to be co-premiering it on both Prime Video streaming service and on Channel 4 together. So if people have been watching the first four seasons on Channel 4, they can carry on watching it there if they don't have Prime Video. If you want to watch it without ads, you can go and watch it on Prime Video. I think that's great that they've struck that deal because that doesn't happen very often. We've seen a lot. Um, I know you don't get this as much in the US, but we've seen a lot with everything merging and with all the new streaming services. We've seen a lot of them reclaiming their content and Disney in particular has taken a bunch of shows off Sky like the 911 series and Grey's Anatomy. They're doing kind of the same thing uh, Paramount, which is the parent company that owns NBC, has been pulling a lot of their content off of Netflix and going on to Paramount Plus. So shows like The Office and Parks and Rec and shows like that are disappearing off of Netflix. CBS, isn't it, Paramount? I think, not NBC. I'm sorry, Peacock, you're right. NBC is Peacock, CBS is Paramount. Yes. Um, we have got both Paramount Plus and Peacock over here. Sky is actually part of Comcast as well, who are the parent company of NBC. So they're sort of sister stations. So we get quite a lot of the NBC content anyway. Some of it is going on to Peacock and some of it is going on to Sky directly. But then weirdly, La Brea, which is an NBC show, that's airing on Paramount Plus over here. They sold it to Paramount Plus, which is really strange. But things are sort let's, of... Let's be honest, the world stopped making sense a long time ago. <laughs> yes, certainly the, across the TV world it did. Yeah, they're sort of all over the place. So... Um, yeah, but I think that is good news that that it is still going to be going out on Channel 4 and it's not going to be a long wait. It's going to be the going out on Prime Video and on Channel 4 at the same time. We got premiere date for Doctor Who, The Power of the Doctor. That's Sunday, the 23rd of October. It's BBC One and iPlayer. It'll be BBC America in the US, I imagine, on the same day as well. 
that's the final outing for Jodie Whittaker and Chris Chibnall. We should get to see her regenerating that. As to who she regenerates into, that's been a little bit up to debate because there's a lot of stories saying it might not be as straightforward as we think. It should obviously be Shuti Gatwa, who is the person that's taking over the role of the Doctor. And there is some suggestion it may be David Tennant coming back and she may actually regenerate into David Tennant. Whether that happens or not, we'll have to wait and see. But um, I'm really interested to see what happens with that. I do love Doctor Who. It's obviously, I grew up with it. It's an old favourite of mine. I wish Jodie was sticking around to do a series with Russell T Davis. I wish she'd had better writing for her series, but it is what it is. So this will be the end of our run. Did you see that uh, interaction at one of the conventions? David Tennant and the guy who is his uh, father-in-law, who has also played the doctor, (laughs) were doing a convention together. Yeah. And somebody in the crowd asked, what was the greatest gift the fan ever gave you? And somebody else in the crowd shouted out, a grandkid, (laughs) which is utterly hilarious. <laughs> yes, because Peter Davison is uh, David Tennant's father-in-law and because uh, he's married to Jordina Moffat who is Peter Davison's daughter. So, uh, yes, I find that hilarious. Go and follow Georgina on Instagram because she is very, very funny and pokes fun at David quite a lot. And Peter is hilarious as well. There's a photo that I saw of Peter standing behind David's line at a comic con holding up a sign with he's not that special written on it because his cue was enormous. <laughs> I just love the fact that I make fun of him. I'm looking forward to David Tennant coming back and doing a bit of a sort of swan song as the Doctor, which that will be part of the 60th anniversary celebrations, which are coming in 2023, the David Tennant stuff. Have you watched any of the latest? Uh, I kind of fell off of it halfway through Capaldi's run, just because I didn't vibe with that character. Mm -hmm. And then towards the very, very end, when they were getting close to his regeneration, the writing just got awful. Yeah. And then I watched Jodie Whittaker's premiere episode episode and I'm just like yeah I'm done with this yeah it's been such a shame because the writing on her episodes have not been great there's been a few moments where they've been good but writing hasn't been brilliant for that for those seasons so I'm really interested to see what Russell T Davies does when he comes back next year 23rd of October for the final outing of Jodie Whittaker in The Power of the Doctor. Sticking with uh, premiere dates for things as well, uh, Team Wolf the movie and Wolfpack, which is the sort of spin-off-ish series... Both of those have got premiere dates there, premiering on the same day in the UK and the US on Paramount Plus, Friday the 27th of January 2023. They're going to be landing. I find it funny with Team Wolf because Team Wolf is an adaptation of a film which turned into a series, which is now going to be a film again. Yeah, completely random fact. The original 80s Teen Wolf with Michael J. Fox has an uncredited role with uh, Ben Affleck in it. He was, really? one of the, he was one of the basketball players. You can kind of see his face in a couple of the scenes, depending on which cut you see, because there's always like this cut, and then they recut it and they put this in and add this out. There's also another infamous scene at the very, very end when they're doing that pan out shot and they're showing the crowd. Dude drops his pants, is, uh, pulls this thing out and puts it back <laughs> in. Um, and that got blurred out, obviously. So you don't actually see it, see it, but you can see him going through the motions of that. So these are just the weird ass random facts that I have in my head for some reason. <laughs> Brilliant. Yes. The Team Wolf, the movie and Wolfpack, which technically is based on an entirely separate book series, but 
they have found a way of integrating it into the Team Wolf universe. So it is actually a spin-off. That's got uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar leading the Wolfpack series. And then Team Wolf, the movie, will have a lot of the original cast from the TV series coming back to sort of give them one last outing on that. But uh, Friday the 27th of January for that. Did you watch any of that Team Wolf series? No, I forget what channel it was on. It was just on one that I didn't have because it was on some subscription service at the time. Right, yeah. I've been trying to think. I honestly can't remember anything that she's been on. I mean, I know she did the voice of Tila for that Masters of the Universe show on Netflix, but God, that was an awful, awful show. But really, outside of the voiceover stuff she does, I can't think of anything she's done recently. She has had a couple of TV shows. She's been fairly quiet and I think, you know, been raising kids and stuff. And she she has a sort of active decision to to go and do that. She's been doing voiceover work. She did Star Wars Rebel. I know that. Yeah, Star Wars Rebel. She's done some stuff for Robot Chicken as well. And uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, uh, Master of the Universe, as you mentioned. Yeah, that one cameo at the season finale for Big Bang Theory. Yes, she was in Big Bang. She pops up in Clay. X3 for Kevin Smith as well. Yeah. Uh, part of it, I think, was the last TV show she did was The Crazy Ones, which was the uh, Robin Williams series. And mm-hmm. I think she's talked a little bit about just finding after Robin died, finding it very difficult to get back into it with everything that happened. And, and I, so I sort of get that. And so she's been yeah. sort of... She's been, and that's uh, not without precedent. Um, Rick Moranis, who did the... Uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids series. He completely quit acting after his wife passed. And I don't think he's been in anything since. No, I mean, I remember that as well. She did have one series before that, which was sort of after her Buffy stuff, which was um, Ringer. She I did remember that. that show. Yes, I remember that show as well. Um, she did a couple of shows, but yeah, after the crazy one, she she kind of stepped away from it all and, and did some voiceover work. But but um, she's, she's now going to be back in a series, which is good. So there's those coming up 27th of January. His Dark Materials Season 3, that's the third and final season of that, has uh, a new trailer and um, they've said it will premiere in December on BBC One and iPlayer. It's one of those weird situations where the US has a premiere date, the UK doesn't. The US, it's premiering on HBO on Monday the 5th of December. It's probably going to air on the 4th of December over here, but BBC tend not to release their air dates until two weeks out. So they haven't officially confirmed that, but the Sunday night slot on the 4th of December would make sense if it's going out on a Monday in the US. We'll see. But they have said it is coming in December. That's the third and final season of His Dark Materials. I watched some of the first season of that and then kind of dropped off it. I don't know whether you caught any of that one. No, but then again, I don't have HBO Max because that's that's 15 bucks in the US for a monthly subscription service. Like every now and then when a season that I actually want to watch finishes a run, I'll pop 15 bucks as, as a rental, just burn through that season and then cancel it immediately. Yeah. So I'll pay for like, I don't mind paying for it like for 50 bucks. Like I'm about to do that with uh, Netflix probably next month because I want to see the next season of Cobra Kai and I kind of want to see the next season of Stranger Things. So probably sometime either this month or next month, I'll pay one month to have it and then just be done with it. Yeah, I think that's become a lot more common, you know, because you're not tied into your subscription for things for a lot of these streaming services i think a lot of people have started to do that because they're getting more and more expensive particularly for things like netflix which is is outrageously priced at this moment yeah the only 
three I have, I have the Prime Video, but that's because I have Prime subscription service because it's just way too convenient to yeah. to buy something on Prime and pay for that, you know, 120 bucks a year because I more than make up with that with shipping. Yeah. Um, I have Disney Plus, but I was already paying Hulu anyway, so I could watch it on my Xbox. Mm-hmm. And so upgrading it to Disney Plus was just like an extra five bucks a month, so I didn't care. And then randomly I have Discovery Plus, but that gets me like 15 different channels as a bundle package. And I don't know if that's going to stay separate or going to get folded into HBO Max. We'll just have to see from there. Yeah, because they're talking about folding them together over there as well. Which I hope they don't, but you know. Yeah. I have most of the streaming services just because of the nature of the job. But if I was trying to save money, I probably would be turning Netflix on and off on a fairly regular basis, I think, because I just don't use it that much. There is one other show which popped up, which I wanted to highlight because it's on Morphor, which is a relatively small channel. But I thought it sounded quite interesting. And I thought um, for those of you that loved Time Team, which I know there's a US version of Time Team as well, isn't there? I think. I don't know whether it still runs. I Uh, don't know. Yeah, there was a US version. The one where they had four days to go and do an archaeological dig somewhere. And I know there is a US version of it as well, where they dig up various places in sort of you know, deserts where they thought there were tribes and things. Okay, I just pulled it up on IMDb. That's There's a reason why I never heard of it. It was on PBS, which is our public broadcasting system. Right. So that's where you would go to watch like Sesame Street or yes. Muppets or things like that. So it's... It's not a channel most people hit. Yes. Time Team was the show that uh, Tony Robinson used to do in the UK. He he did the original UK version, and that was sort of four days, go and dig up a field. And, you know, they believe that there is a particular structure there, and it was going to discover what they could find. There's a new show that he's got. It's coming on Monday, the 17th of October, which isn't exactly Time Team, but it's, it's a sort of interesting mix of things. It's called Tony Robinson's Museum of Us. It's described as a detective story meets design challenge and it sends Tony to meet a group of residents from different streets across the UK and help them create a unique pop-up museum celebrating the hidden history behind their front doors. So the idea is there is another show which is called The Great British Dig which they do over here which is a similar sort of idea where they do archaeological digs but it's done in the backyards of people's houses and then they sort of bring everything together at the end and sort of present it to the community that have helped them by allowing them access to the to the houses so this seems like a sort of interesting mix of time teams type stuff and that they're going to find sort of things in people's houses Uh, i don't know whether they are actually digging stuff up or whether it's literally stuff that people have collected and actually have in their houses but they are they are going to find stuff people have in local communities and then they are creating this sort of pop-up museum which is where the design challenge thing comes in because a design team have to sort of put together this pop-up museum in a particular location nearby wherever it is that that they're doing and they're they're covering areas such as uh, bristol birmingham aberystwyth norwich are, are places that they've been looking at so they're exploring the streets history unearthing surprising stories and hidden treasures is what they're saying i thought this sounded like it could be quite interesting and uh, i know you like the sort of history dig stuff as well yeah also where i live there's all it's it's actually fairly common in the U.S. just to have little tiny museums where it's just random places like where I live. There's this little building on this one corner. It's a Kurt Vonnegut Museum. Mm-hmm. And also uh, James Whitcomb Riley's house is here in Indy. And so that got turned into a museum. It's very 
Victorian era looking kind of thing. Pretty much any major city you go to in America, there's going to be like some random, like there's a medical instrument museum here where I live. So just random stuff. Yeah, we have a few of those around. And the house thing, certainly we get quite a lot of that. There are a number of houses. There's like Samuel Johnson's house fairly near me. And if you go up to Liverpool, they've turned some of the Beatles houses into museum houses as well. So it is sort of fairly common, that sort of stuff. And there are lots of interesting little museums like pen museums and stuff like that around the uk so but that's called tony robinson's museum of us it premieres monday the 17th of october at 9 p.m on more for if you want to go and check that one out Moving on to other news stories, most of the news this week comes from New York Comic Con, pretty much, because they have seem to have held everything for New York Comic Con. So there's a lot of trailers and things, few bits of news about some big shows like Walking Dead and uh, Star Trek. So we're just going to run through a few bits and pieces that popped up out of that. The Super Mario Brothers movie got a very tiny teaser trailer. Have you got any opinions on this? Because it released as Chris Pratt voicing Mario, and uh, I, I thought it was hilarious when that trailer got released and the name that was trending on Twitter was Charles Mamet who is the actual voice of Mario who's was like why did you get Chris Pratt to do this why didn't you get Charles to do it I mean I understand why they got Chris Pratt to do it because you know he's kind of famous he's been in a lot yeah. of stuff he's been in a lot of stuff recently it's not like Jack Black nobody's ever heard of yes it's not like Charlie Day nobody's ever heard of that's what these movies are they, they make the yeah. movie and then they just throw voices into it mm-hmm. Matt and I actually had a discussion about this yesterday on our podcast for gaming talk and we were talking and matt wanted to know if he was going to do an italian accent and i said i have no idea but if you watch him from an episode he did of the graham norton show when he was filming the first guardians movie in london he got addicted to the only way is exes essex why can't why can't say that word yeah yeah he got addicted to that show and was able to perfectly mimic that accent and actually did that on Graham Norton's show. Yes, I remember that. If he got a good vocal coach, he could easily do an Italian accent. Whether he will or not, I don't know, but he could do it. Yeah, I I mean, I think he probably could. From the little bit you heard in the trailer, it didn't seem very Italian, so I I don't know if that's going to be the case, but the trailer was quite fun and quite funny. Not at all serious, yeah. No, not at all serious. I mean, Penguins throwing snowballs made me laugh way more than it should have. Yes. So, I mean, we'll we'll see when it comes out. I've met Charles Mabbitt, who's the voice of Mario and has been ever since he's had a voice. He is as wonderfully silly in real life as you would hope the voice of Mario is. He's really quite lovely. There are, if you go onto the YouTube channel, there is actually some interview stuff up there. And he literally sits down and does like, before you even get a question in, does like five minutes of just Mario stuff. He's wonderfully bonkers and I, I love him to death. But I get why they use Chris Pratt for this i hope he does a reasonable job of it we'll have to wait and see but uh, yeah there is a teaser up online for that now one of the other shows didn't have a trailer but did release some pictures of uh, some of the cast with good omens 2 which is coming to prime video and they have said that that is going to be landing in summer 2023 that was basically yay i love that. that show so much yes it was really good that first season and the second season is going to be interesting because it 
has technically gone past the book. But, I mean, it is still Neil Gaiman doing it, which is great. Obviously, we haven't got Terry Pratchett anymore. He has teamed up with John Finnamore, who is probably not a name I would expect you to know, but he is a wonderful comedy writer and uh, does a beautifully surreal show on Radio 4 over here. I think he's the perfect kind of voice to compliment Neil Gaiman for the second season as well. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what the pair of them do together. I suspect it to be wonderfully fun and silly and bonkers. And I love the first season of that. I thought it was just great. So I'm looking forward to that coming back. But summer 2023 for that. One of the other trailers that dropped was for Valma, which is an animated series. It's an adult animated series, which tells the story of Valma Dinkley, the unsung and underappreciated brains of Scooby-Doo Mystery Inc. gang. The original and humorous spin unmasks the complex and colorful past of one of America's most beloved mystery solvers. It's going to stream on HBO Max next year. Don't know where it's going to land over here. One of the things they apparently weren't allowed to use is Scooby himself. So it's got the other members of the gang, and it's sort of the formation of the Scooby-Doo gang. They've got a character in there called Norville, whose nickname is Shaggy, so that's Shaggy, but there's no mention of him having a dog, apparently, in there. It's sort of somebody said, think the TV show show Gotham with the conspicuous absence of Batman. <laughs> well, this. think of uh, that whole run for Arrow, how they had to dance around Batman and Harley Quinn and a couple of those villains. Yes, exactly. It's not going to have Scooby-Doo in it. It's sort of the formation of the Mystery Inc. gang for that. So uh, it looked quite funny. And I think it's interesting to do a sort of different adult take on it. That sort of group, I think, will work quite well in that. Do you ever see the Supernatural episode where they, they turn them into cartoons and insert them yeah, into scooby that was funny. I watched, I kind of tapped out at Supernatural in season 12. Just that show got really long in the tooth because uh, anybody that hasn't seen it, they basically set it up to end at season five yes. and then went 10 more seasons. Yes. And then Jared Padalecki transitioned into a reboot of Walker, Texas Ranger somehow. Yeah, it's 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 been interesting. I mean, he's yes, he transitioned into that. And what's the other guy's name? Uh, Jensen Eccles. Yeah. Did the season of the boys. I know yeah, that. Yeah. Jensen Eccles did the boys. I think he's on Big Sky as well. I think he's popped up on that. So he's just kind of, you know, wandering around from show to show at the moment. The thing I did like is that, that Supernatural was not too ashamed to make fun of each other because there was an early intentional shark jumping episode where they were both on the set and they referenced both Gilmore Girls, which Jared Padalecki was on, and Superman, Smallville. Yes, Smallville. Yes. Brain, why do you need not work? Smallville. <laughs> yeah. Was that the episode where they got transferred to, to a dimension where there was a TV show called Supernatural and they were... Mm -hmm. Yes. That, I, I really love that episode. It's hilarious. There is a little bit, actually, about, since you mentioned Smallville there, there is a little bit about Tom Welling. He is joining the Winchesters, which is, of course, the Supernatural prequel, keeping it all in the family. He mm -hmm. is going to be playing Samuel Campbell, who is Mary Campbell seems to become Mary Winchester. He's playing the dad, which is the role played by Mitch Fellaini in Supernatural. So he's playing the younger version of that. And I, I can see him fitting into that world. I think that works. Well, he already did that. He played Kane in one season of... Uh, um... Lucifer. Yes. Lucifer, yes. Which I did not know was based off of a DC comic. No, well, it's so far removed from the DC comic. It really is nothing like the comic book. It makes for a great show and it's fun. And I really. Oh, it's a hilarious show. Tom Ellis in that role is perfect. It's a wonderful, wonderful series, but bears zero relationship to the comic book other than the premise of the devil gets bored and moves to LA. 
but beyond and that, the one episode of the crisis series that he was in yes yeah i think tom welling i i like the fact that he's uh picked up this role i think he's a good fit to go into the sort of supernatural universe so that's good uh he'll be popping up in there on to a couple of the long-running shows we've got um walking dead there was a bit more information on the spin-offs for that the main one being the Daryl Dixon series, which we hadn't really heard a huge amount about other than we knew it was going to be set in Europe and it was going to have Norman Reedus as Daryl Dixon in it. It's going to be set in France, they have confirmed, which is kind of what we suspected if you watched Walking Dead World Beyond. There is a coda on that series, which is set in France. So that we thought was probably going to be the connective tissue for it. And that does seem to be the case. He does, you know, I mean, he was talking up the show, obviously, and he does say that there are going to be a lot of familiar faces in it, which given that it's shot and filming in France is sort of interesting. So I don't know how that's going to work, whether he's going to have a group that goes with him and they're just putting Daryl on the poster as being like the main character or, or, well, I I don't know, but he says that they're going to be familiar faces there. I'm generally curious how they're going to get him to France. Yes. International travel is not one of the things that usually survives the apocalypse. No, I'm not quite sure how that's happening and obviously they're not giving huge amounts away because the walking dead main show still has a few episodes to go and some of the spin-off stuff if they give too much detail away is going to spoil sort of how the main show ends so they've been a little bit cagey about how much they can give away but it looks sort of interesting looks like it's going to be something to do with a new walker variant which if you've seen some of the trailers and that code on walking dead well beyond you know what we're talking about with that they're sort of expanding that universe with that series which I I think is kind of interesting and I am kind of intrigued although we spoke at length on the Walking Dead podcast about the fact that Daryl is a character that's had so little character development but I mean I like Norman I think pushing him to the front and actually forcing that character development might actually do it some good so we'll see if you want to see a very early Norman Reedus there was a kind of a cult classic film called Boondock Saints that he was in um, yeah, it's kind of a accidental vigilante movie. Yes, I'm aware of the film, actually. I hadn't realized he was in it. Yeah, he was, he was one of the two brothers. Okay. The other thing is Walking Dead Dead City, which is the Maggie and Negan spinoff. That's going to be a six-part series. They embark on a secret mission to New York City and the Isle of Manhattan, which has been severed from the rest of the world. And they're obviously not, again, giving a huge amount of way, but they've mentioned that there are zip lines in it, which could be kind of interesting. So I don't know whether that's zipping onto the island or zipping between buildings. I'm not sure. But uh, yes, I think that's an interesting pairing to put together because obviously Maggie and Negan do not like each other particularly, or certainly Maggie does not like Negan, given the fact that he bashed her husband's head in. So it's understandable. But uh, they've got um, Gaius Charles in there as well from Friday Night Lights and Grey's Anatomy, Katrina Ortiz from Orange and the Black, Zachenko Avannik, I think his name is from Madame Sacrificatory and 24 and Damages, Mathena Napoleon from NCIS Hawaii, and Jonathan Higginbotham from Shining Vale are the other cast mentioned in there as well. There's no trailer for that, but they did release some images, so you can go and check those out on the website. They are on there. 
Are you following The Walking Dead at this point, or have you completely dropped out of it? It's not so much that I've completely dropped out of it. It's just that's over here. That's on AMC, and that's also another standalone subscription service. Yes. Or if you have a cable package like Comcast or DirecTV or something like that, and it's part of it, then you have to sign in to get access. Right. Um, And I have neither. Fair enough. So I just don't have a way to watch it, and I'm not paying 10 bucks a month for one channel. Yeah, I entirely get that the other big franchise to have a panel was star trek so they dropped trailers for both discovery and picard so there are new things up for that on the discovery side of things season five we've got coming up which is coming next year there's no date for that yet burnham and the crew of the discovery uncover a mystery that sends them on an epic adventure across the galaxy to find an ancient power whose very existence has been deliberately hidden for centuries but there are others on the hunt as well dangerous foes who are desperate to claim the prize for themselves and will stop at nothing to get it so it's got all the regular cast back we've got new series regular in Callum Keith Rennie who's one of those faces that you probably don't know the name but you'll see the face and go I've seen him in something because he was in he's been in like Battlestar Galactica Man in the High Castle Umbrella Academy whole bunch of other things as well as like bit parts and that sort of stuff he's playing a new Starfleet captain who holds a clear line between command and crew he leads the they follow he's all about the mission whatever it may be and doesn't do niceties along the way so he sounds like he's going to be a kind of interesting tough cookie new character there's also elias to flexis i think their name is and eve harlow elias to flexis has been in the expanse and he's the voice of the lead character in deus ex mankind divided as well um jensen i think the character is in that and uh eve harlow has been in titans and agents of shield as well so they're playing two uh, new characters one's a sort of former courier turned outlaw and the other one is also a former courier turned outlaw and they're kind of a couple so where they are are joining the show as well that's in season five are you up on the star trek series no because over here it can only be part of uh paramount Uh, Plus. plus yes that's right technically you can they do a one week grace period so if you don't have a subscription you could watch the last episode, but any kind of like on-demand bingering or anything like that needs a subscription. And again, not paying for one channel. Yes, no, I get that. Star Trek Picard, this is the third and final season. So that's bringing back together a lot of the Next Generation crew, as we've spoken about before. So we've got LeVar Burton, Michael Dorn, Jonathan Frakes, Gates McFadden, Marina Sirtis, Brett Spiner, Jerry Ryan is also back, and Michelle Hurd, who were in the previous seasons, and obviously Patrick Stewart. They're all back. We know who the sort of bad guy is. It's Amanda Plummer, who was in The Fisher King and Pulp Fiction. She's got a recurring role as Vadik, who is a mysterious alien captain of the Strike, a warship that has set its sights on Jean-Luc and his old crewmates from his days on the Enterprise. That's going to be the sort of lead bad guy by the looks of things. And we've got a couple of Geordie LaForge's children who are going to be part of the crew of the USS Titan, which seems to be the ship that they're using. That's uh, Mika Burton and Ashley Sharp Chestnut. Mika Burton's been in Critical Role and Ashley Sharp Chestnut is from Cruel Summer. They're recurring roles, so they're ensigns and one's the helmsman of the Titan. The other one is uh, youngest daughter and she works alongside Geordie. That's kind of nice that they've introduced some of the kids. Brent Spiner's character in this season, because it's changed every season, he played Data in season one and then played 
had a completely different character in season two. He's going to be playing Law in this season. So Law, the malevolent and self-serving, in quotes, brother of Data, is making an appearance. So he's going to be playing Law there. And they've also added Daniel Davis back in as Moriarty, the uh, holodeck character from Next Generation. So uh, there's lots of sort of throwing everything in the kitchen sink at this last season. I really enjoyed what they've done with Picard. First season, it went a bit off the rails towards the end. Second season, I thought was a lot better. I think this looks really interesting because it is going to be genuinely what we kind of all hoped the Picard series was going to be in the first place and bringing all the old cast back. So that's great. I'm very much looking forward to this going out. Interesting, they have said just because they're the old cast, don't expect them all to be safe. So it sounds like they may be looking to kill some people off to make an impact, which is sad, but you know, we'll, we'll see. So that's most of the uh, news from New York Comic Con this week. Those are some of the big stories. There were a few other bits and pieces that dropped out. There is a trailer that's gone up for Titan Season 4. Doom Patrol Season 4 has also got a trailer going up as well. So you can find those. There is a Wednesday Adam's Full trailer for that Wednesday series, which is on Netflix. That is gone up. And a few other bits and pieces as well. So uh, yes, you can go and find those around on YouTube and very other places and there's some of them up on the website yeah i was hoping we would get some kind of update from the uh, babylon 5 reboot but apparently that thing's got stalled yeah i'd heard that it's a real shame I do hope they manage to do something with that because it, it is the original writer that's coming back to do it. It's the original creator. It's not like some sort of, hey, we're we're taking this and running in an entirely new direction. It is something mm-hmm. fairly specific. Nothing on that at the moment. We'll have to wait and see whether anything comes up. So that's all the news we've got for this week. We're just going to do some highlights for next week on TV. <laughs> So, highlights for next week. We have Big Shot returning for its second season. That's on Disney Plus on the 12th of October. That lands. The Ex-Wife, which is a limited series coming to Paramount Plus. That's also on the 12th of October. That's uh, got Tom Misson, Celine Buckens, and Jane Montgomery. Jane Montgomery from New Amsterdam in there. And uh, it's an adaptation of Jess Ryder's best-selling novel. That's uh, The Ex-Wife, 12th of October. Then uh, Resident Alien returns for the second half of its second season. That's back on Sky Max on the 13th of October from 9pm. Shatteram, which is coming to Apple TV+, Plus. that's on the 14th of October. That's an adaptation of Gregory David Roberts' acclaimed novel. It stars Charlie Hunnan from Sons of Anarchy. They've been trailing that a lot. That's one to look out for. Babylon Berlin returns for its fourth season. That's on Sky Atlantic. That's on the 14th of October at 9pm. And Vikings Season 6B finally makes its debut on uh, normal TV, having gone out ages and ages ago on Prime Video. But uh, that's coming to the History Channel. That's on the 14th of October at 9pm. The Larkins returns to ITV for a second season. That's the adaptation of Darling Buds and May with Bradley Walsh and Joanna Scanlon. That's on the 16th of October at 8pm on ITV. Tony Robinson's Museum of Us, as I was talking about earlier, that comes to more for on the 17th of October at 9pm. And Unsolved Mysteries returns for a third season. That's on Netflix on the 18th of October. That will be back anything in there you're looking out for most of these i haven't heard of right resident alien i have heard of but that's on sci-fi over here so again cable packages yeah vikings 
I forget what it's on. I think it might be on History Channel. Yes. But that's not part of any package. Museum of Us, I would actually want to watch, but I don't know if it's even going to get a US release date and if it does, where it would go. Yeah, it's one of those things that may pop up on PBS or a Discovery Channel or something like that. But I'm looking forward to Unsolved Mysteries returning as well because that's usually kind of an interesting series. Things to watch out for. Um, If people want to find and hear more from you, where can they find you? Well, Matt and I do a podcast called Random Gaming. We do it every Sunday so it either releases that day or next day depending on how busy Matt is with all his 9,000 other podcasts. Yeah. That's really about it. I don't stream. I'm not the kind of person that just puts my existence out on the internet. I do this because it's fun and because yes. I have the time and I'm not working on Monday. <laughs> um, otherwise, I would be working. After that, I pop up on other people's streams. You'll find me on Bex's stream all the time. Her name is Malula, another good streamer. Somebody you need to have on the show, by the way, because she works TV production so yes. she works on the other side of the camera her boyfriend i comedian is filming a whole bunch of stuff right now but they're getting ready to go on holiday so she's not going to be available for a while so i'm on his stream every now and then i'm on her stream every now and then so you're going to find me on there but more on the audience side bex as you mentioned has got a stream uh she's on twitch.tv forward slash trista bites that's b-y-t-e-s well worth going to check out her streams it's been some very funny stuff going up on uh, and playing around on there and there's lots of retro gaming things and her building Gundams I think at the moment isn't she was one of the mm-hmm. things she did fairly recently so with uh, lefty and righty um, <laughs> and she puts googly eyes on her left hand and her right hand and just makes characters out of them <laughs> yes of course she does <laughs> and she's she got a, a weird cleaning cloth from one of her packs of kit that she got so she put googly eyes on that named it Mike Rofiber <laughs> and so now that's a point redemption for, to have Mike clean your screen and she just waves it in front of the camera <laughs> <laughs> so yes go and check out Bex over there for lots of silliness that's twitch.tv forward slash Tristo Bites Matt as you also mentioned over on entertainmenttalk.org for lots and lots more podcasts including uh, Manchester United and uh, Random Gaming Talk and various reviews and things like that so go and check Matt out over there and Daryl you can find at hollywoodnorthnews.net for all those series that you love which are shot in Canada for the rest of the website at geektown.co.uk throughout the week you can see all the latest air date information if you want to get in touch with your questions or comments email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk leave a message on the website post find us at geektown on twitter on facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown on youtube at youtube.com forward slash geektown and on instagram at geektown uk that is everything we shall see you next week bye 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 Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.